Welcome to the Awakening Podcast. You can find all our episodes on awakeningpodcast.org. We're on BitChute as Awakening Podcast. We're also on YouTube. I also have the Speaking Podcast, the Meditation Podcast, and the Learn Polish Podcast. And all can be found on freedombroadcasters.com. Today, my guest, please welcome Benjamin Shklivas. Did I do it justice now? That was, it's pretty much a, a verbatim on how you pronounce it. So I'm glad, I'm glad that we've gotten to this point in time where my name is starting to get uh, pronounced, let's say, quote unquote, properly. So that's, that's all, that's all I'm aiming for at this point in time. Brilliant. So thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to being on the, the show. So first of all, you might just introduce yourself to the listeners. So uh, nice to meet you guys. Uh, my name is Benjamin Sklivas. I am from Montreal. Oh, Canada, you know, the, the, the place where the French are from. And uh, I, uh, I work for, as a sales develop, uh, business development director at uh, Boost. We are a in-house marketing agency. We work front end, back end, and specifically in overall SEO. I am here today to talk about my story and how I've persevered through so much adversity and uh, I'm really hoping that you guys can get some value. And if you do reach out, because I'm really all about giving back and really trying to get the direction in regarding, you know, personal growth and all around just mental stability and mental health. And so I'm just really thankful that you had me on the show and I'm looking forward to the opportunity. So thank you again. No problem. Yeah, looking forward to discussing this. So I suppose before we get into the actual uh, what the topic is that we're going to discuss, like you might let us know your awakening moment, because I always like to know when you realized everything isn't kind of right in the in this beautiful world that we live in. Yeah. Oh, God, where can I start? Honestly, uh, that's a very good question. I feel like there have been a couple of moments, honestly, where I've just, you know, you know, where you have that moment where you really sit back and you're like, oh, yeah, that that's it. That's the direction I need to take. So I, uh, I, I really realized that when I was, I think the first time I realized it was, you know, end of end of high school, really, I realized, you know, I, I wasn't the, the, the same as everybody else. I wasn't that, you know, normal kid that everybody really wants and everybody has and, you know, parents of that scholar or that, you know, athletic person. <laughs> and there was just me, you know, <laughs> I was going to a school that was, I was hoping to pull in 60s. All right. And I realized that, you know, my parents had put me on medication my whole life. And they told me that that's how you're going to learn. That's how you're going to be the normal kid. It's by taking this pill. And then that will help that that will happen. You'll be smarter and better and well-performed and it honestly sounded like this infomercial that I was like getting to become this transformer of a person right and like little do they know and little do they tell you the the adverse side effects that you're going to get from all of this and how it's going to impact your life and how it's going to how you're going to really depend on it for the rest of your life and so I'm at a point in time where I've really realized that is this something that people with ADHD need? Is this something that we need to give our children? And we were discussing this earlier about how, you know, we in Western culture, we're, we're over prescribed these kind of medications where, you know, it becomes, it, it, it helps us become a better version of ourselves. And I think that I really had the awakening moment when I realized that like, why do I need to listen to whoever is making these pills because apparently they're going to make me better, right? So I really realized it 
in high school and then I realized it again in university and I'm realizing it again now and I, I'm realizing it and I'm finally, finally starting to listen to my parents when they said, you know, Ben, you should probably stop taking your, your, your medication. You're going to be a better person without it. And I think I, I honestly think that the reason that I consistently continually took these medications was because, you know, I, I was scared. I think that that is a huge part of it. It was fear, right? And I was, I was scared that by not taking pills, I will not be the person that everybody else expects me to be, right? And at this point in time, it's like, who cares about what these people think about me or the direction that I'm taking or, you know, my personal journey to become the person that I'm meant to be, right? And, and I'm not going to lie. I, I, I still take these pills to this day. I took one this morning. I looked at that little, pot, that little pill bottle and I was like, uh, is today going to be the day where I stop? I don't think so, <laughs> you know, and um, what so age were you when you started uh, when they put you on the medication? I know that I got tested or assessed. That's the word that they used. Um, I know that I got assessed by grade seven. So maybe 12, 13 years old. That's when I got assessed. And that's when I, I realized that I was different. You know, I was, I was hyperactive and I was impulsive and I was loud and obnoxious and, you know, uh, that whole bag of goodies that comes along with that, with that uh, aspect of life. So I probably started, I probably started taking around, uh, I would say 15, 14, 15. That's when I first started taking it. And I realized, you know, these side effects were absolutely horrendous. I wasn't able to sleep. I wasn't able to eat. I wasn't, I, I didn't feel like myself anymore. It was more these monotonous robotic emotions that my body felt were what I was supposed to do. And then I also, um, I also took a break for about probably two years in CGEP, which is uh, grade four, uh, 13, uh, 12 and 13. There we go. And uh, I realized that this wasn't for me. And then once I started university again, I'm like, oh, this is, this is the big leagues, right? I need to take my medication. I need to be on my A game because I felt like I wasn't good enough for university, right? I was trying to prove something to myself. I was trying to prove to myself that by finishing university, by getting that degree, then I will finally amount to something in my mind, personally for myself, right? So here I am today and I'm still doing the same thing. And I told myself, whatever, end of university that I would stop. And then I told myself when I got a corporate job, I would stop. And then I told myself after the corporate job, I would stop. And here I am, you know, looking at myself and still to this day, looking at that bottle thinking, you know, is today going to be the day that I stop or today going to be the day that I don't need is this it, medication? Is it the and same one that you're taking all the time or has the medication changed over the years? Oh my God, I've, uh, I've gone through a plethora of different medication. It was like, it started off with Concerta and then Concerta was horrible. And then I moved to, I think it was Adderall. And then I realized like, Hey, I'm taking legal meth. <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> and I was, and, and I was like 16, like they, they, they fed this to me at 16 years old. And, uh, and then once I finished, I think it was once I finished university, that's when I started taking Viavance and Viavance has been okay. This has been probably the one that's worked the best. I feel the most myself. I feel emotional again, you know, because I think that that's like one really big thing that 
people taking these medications don't, don't realize is that it turns you into a robot. I find that it, it, it makes your, your, your motion and your, the way of thinking never about the present moment. You're never thinking, oh, this is what I'm going to do now. It's always, what do I do tomorrow? What do I do the day after? What can I do now to affect the future of my life? You know? So I, I, I realized that it's hard, especially for people in Western civilization. You know, we are over-prescribed, we're over-medicated. Yeah, like, we're... Uh, I had doctor, we were talking about that earlier, Dr. Sherry Timpin, yeah. and I read something from her. He said, apparently 11.5% of children are on drugs in America. That is scary. And I mean, like, it's not like that in Europe. Maybe it's getting worse, but like, did you ever research the side effects yourself? I mean, obviously, besides feeling them, did you ever actually look at the different kind of side effects that these different drugs can cause? I only started looking up the side effects once I started feeling the side effects. And I only started, I think the more and more I became self-aware, the more and more I started to realize, oh yeah, these are side effects. Oh yeah, this sucks. And like, I just kept doing it, you know, and these side effects, it, I, the worst one was people with ADHD have a hard time with emotional uh, regulation, right? So we get really, really happy and really, really sad. So it's kind of like bipolar, but not. And so I really started realizing that there, there were side effects because I would get these fits of anger, you know, just like so mad for absolutely no reason, because what it does is that it numbs the emotion until it gets to the point where it's like boiling. And then it like, here you go, feel this one. You know, it's like, it, it just shovel passes you a, a bag of, you know, anger. And so I realized I'm like, this is absolutely horrible. It's ruining my relationships. It's ruining my friendships. It's ruining, you know, my education. I can't sleep. I can't eat. I can't fuck. Like I, I was, I, I was at a point where I was looking at myself living these events. <laughs> it was, it was, it was like, it was like an, it was like an episode of cheers on repeat kind of situation. You know, so I'm just, I, I can't even say that I'm over it now, but I know right now at this point in time, I'm looking back at it. I was at this point where I'm still at this point where I'm looking at myself and I'm, and I'm thinking, do I need to take this medication? And I think now more than ever, because of my self-awareness, I'm realizing, you know, more and more I'm, I'm, I'm taking in different types of content. The more and more I'm, I'm listening to people that are a little bit more educated and that have less of a foot in that, you know, in that pile of money that everybody's talking about, that everybody's going after, you know? So I'm starting to realize maybe these pills aren't necessarily for my better. Maybe these pills are, are running on a different type of agenda you know? And I think that that's something that I'm starting to realize and that I'm finally able to admit, like, maybe I have a problem, you know? <laughs> like, is that something that you can say? Like, this is legal. They're prescribing it to people. Why do I feel like an addict is, is, my, is my real question, you know? Why do I feel that way when I'm just trying to become the, the norm? And I think that's where I'm starting to realize things is that I don't give a shit if I am normal. <laughs> I, I know that I'm not. I know that, you know, I know that I have really, really great qualities and I know that I have not so great qualities. You know, I, I always it, tell people it's like if you define normal, there's no such thing. Yeah. Because I mean, when you get so... to know somebody, everybody's got something. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, but like how many tablets do you have to take a, a day? How often? One. Just one. Okay. One, one pill a day. And that is what makes me normal. Right. And like the worst part about it is that, so for a lot of people that don't know, Canada has public health care. God love it. Um, <laughs> thank you, Justin. Yeah, if it was Trudeau. America, you'd need to have two oh houses. You'd God. have two houses just to cover that. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would have three mortgages. Okay. Um, and so, what I'm realizing is that I've I've gone through these periods where you know I went and my insurance wasn't covered, and I'm looking at the price of these medications, and it's like. $150 for 40 pills, you know, and I'm looking at it now and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it now and I'm going with, since I got fired, right? I, I, I've gotten fired a lot. <laughs> Let's just put that out there. Um, I've gotten fired a lot. And, you know, especially after my, my, the one, when I was working for Pornhub, I, I, I got fired for being impulsive, like always, um, obviously, but what really happened was that I looked at it and I went to the medication and I, and I, and I, tried to get more, but my insurance was out. Right. And I think that that's a really huge problem that people with ADHD have. It's like, you need this pill, quote unquote. Right. And they tell you, you need this pill, but actually you need to pay an arm and a leg to become normal, like everybody else, or our definition of normal, like everybody else. And, but now you need to pay for it. Now you need to pay to become the person that we tell you to be, you know, I think that's where it's a little bit skewed. And I think that's why I'm starting to gravitate towards, you know, different types of content where I am not told who to be, but told how to be rather. Do you see where I'm coming from? No, no, definitely. I mean, I think like the medical industry kind of conditions you to think that you've Mm -hmm. got a problem and to be normal, you must take this tablet. And I mean, like I've investigated a lot of pharmaceutical industry and in Ireland, we've got all of them for tax, tax reasons, right? They basically... You know, there's a tax loop. They don't really pay tax. And serious. I've got a top consultant and I asked her which ones don't give kickbacks. She said they mm-hmm. all do. They all. So they're all bribing like the doctor. So a doctor is saying to your parents, oh, your child needs this. It's very important for him to be normal. Your parents just want to do the best in life for you because obviously they love you. They want the best for you. So they listen to their doctor, assuming the doctor has got your best interests at heart. And unfortunately, there's 90 plus percent of doctors and it's they're loyal to the dollar. And which I know we can see a lot of it with what's going on around the world. And, you know, it's it's like how 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 were things with your family when when you went on that? Like did uh, how Hmm. did this the medication kind of interact with being at home with parents? So other thing about that it's really dependent on you know what part of my life I was on but I know for a fact that it affected me in a way so previously I stated that I got really angry a lot right and I think that that played a huge part in a lot of my life but I'm not gonna blame it on one type of medication I know that there was this this I know that we have and I say we I mean people with ADHD. Uh, I know that we have a lot of issues with emotional regulation that I completely understand, but I feel like the, the medication is like a gaslight. So it just 
pumps you to the brakes and that's where it really affects you. And I think that because of those conjoining together with one another, it created a little bit of a hostile environment for my parents. And I, I know for a fact that me, my brother and my sister were not easy to get along with. Like I, I praise my parents for the work that they did on us. And I know that they think, you know, sometimes they think that they didn't do their job or that they didn't try hard enough or they didn't give enough or X, Y, Z, like most parents do. Right. And I'm at a point where I see my parents not as a parental figure anymore, but more so I wouldn't say friend, but somebody I look up to and somebody that I, I look forward to discussing with. And I, I was speaking to my parents about it, about, you know, and I speak to my sister and my brother about it and how we interacted with each other and how, how so mean we were with one another. And I'm, I'm just starting to say my apologies now. So I know that I personally was not an angel, if anything, closer to the other one. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, your, your, your brothers and sisters, did they, were they on medication or was it just yourself? Uh, my brother was. My, my sister was never formally on medication. Um, but a lot of, uh, my brother stopped taking it. So that gives me hope, you know, because I feel like I had it a little bit worse. You know, I do have dyslexia at the same time. So it does play, that does play a part in everything. And, you know, my brain is like all over the place, to be completely honest. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm now at a point where I can say, like, you know, I did, I did do really bad with my parents, and I, and I apologize for the things that I've done. But you know, they shaped me being who I am today, and I think that that's honestly like one of the most important things. And I also think that without realizing how bad some of this medication is for people, I also think that some people do need it. I think that some people have ADHD to a point where they literally cannot function. They can't get out of bed. They can't do X, Y, Z. But I think that there are so many tools that people are, people are not talking about. Like there's so many tools that we can utilize to our advantage to be able to go on a day without taking medication. You know, like I've been practicing yoga and meditation for, I want to say three years now, almost every day, you know, and I think that I think that meditation and yoga have played such an important and crucial role in me being able to, instead of reacting to something that happens right away, I can just sit back, look at the situation that's happening in front of me, realize that I'm feeling a certain way towards that situation, and then say, you know, I'm just going to take a breath and I'm going to breathe into it, accept the feeling, and then just move forward with my actions rather than before where I would have instantaneously like snapped yeah. and gone. <laughs> like I would see red. And I think that because of meditation and yoga, because of reading, because of all of these different things that I can attribute to becoming a better person and to becoming, you know, who people that meditate are in. I want to be part of that community. That's where I started by thinking it's like I want to be part of that community I didn't think oh x and y equals me not needing medication anymore it was like I need this for my mental this is exactly what's going to help my mental and in 
in retrospect, I'm looking back at it and I'm thinking, wow, this has really helped me in the long run. It wasn't, I mean, don't get me wrong. It didn't happen after one 10 minute meditation session. And which it is took- important because I often ask people, did you ever try yoga? I tried it once and I kind of go, that's like eating once, you know? You oh just, my God. Yeah, that, it, was like, it was like you my become totally present, like, yeah. you know, it makes you present because I, I understand with the anger thing because you know, and mm. plus you're thinking, your head is doing 90, so you're thinking of the future of that current reaction. Whereas when you're really getting intimate, you're just looking at it. If you get hurt, you acknowledge you've been hurt. You don't try to, you know, push it down because most people do that. They push it down and then that's when it just explodes. But so that's why mm-hmm. I would highly encourage people to... You need to take it at face value. You really, I, it wasn't my idea. And I was the person at the beginning, like I was, I was sitting down and that's like sitting down a two-year-old. All right. (laughs) Like I had the energy of a two-year-old and it's like, sit down in a quiet place, close your eyes and don't think of anything, which is basically like one of the unspoken rules of how, what you cannot do with somebody with ADHD. And it's just like, your mind is on repeat all of the situations that have happened in the past, the present, the future, and you're thinking and thinking and thinking. And now, now I can look at things and slow down. And don't get me wrong. I am nowhere close to perfecting anything. Like I can promise you right now (laughs) that this will be something that I do for the rest of my life. But I think that it's, I'm not doing it for the fact that I feel better about the way I'm reacting with my ADHD. But I think that it's, I think more so than anything, it, it, it's helped me with gratitude, with gratitude and appreciation, right? And, and really having a different perspective on things, right? Like you've heard the, you've heard the whole notion of like the cars that are going on the street, you know, you just sit down on the side and you're just looking at the cars, just looking at the cars pass and you're not actually focusing on one specific car. And so I've realized that but don't get me wrong. I, I always end up staring at a car once in a while. So I don't think anybody's perfect. I don't think anybody's gotten, you know, what they're specifically looking for from it. But I think that two, three, four years in the future, I can look back and say like, wow, at that three year mark, you know, look what I did and look where I am now. So I think that it's really given me the opportunity to be able to learn from myself, to grow and really to look at myself objectively rather than thinking that I'm, I'm the protagonist of this story we call life, you know? And I think that that's super important. It's just that not taking yourself too seriously. And, you know, because like, let's be realistic. I'm a fucking joke. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 am, I, I laugh at myself a lot. And I think that that's really the most important thing. Definitely. No, I think we all have to do that. And I don't know about you, but what I found is by meditating, it's like time slows down. So I am mm. way more productive since I meditate. You know, you're really mm. focused. You don't be hopping around the place at different things, you know, because your head can be thinking what you're going to do next. What's the whole plan for the day and everything. But when you're meditating and like you mentioned about being grateful, I mean, I go through that. I go through a little process in my head. One is forgiveness, which is mm. like to you, like, especially for yourself, you have to forgive yourself because, you know, you've admitted to your parents, listen, I know I've been but you can't be beating yourself up. That was then. This is now you're acknowledging it. And, yeah. you know, your parents aren't going to, you know, hate you for that. Like they're grateful that you're able to actually, you know, acknowledge that it was a difficult situation. And all they want is, yeah. you know, to get better, you know, constantly. 
and I, I think that was another point of my like awakening, right? It's really, it was really when I started doing a lot more meditation, I started realizing like, oh man, like I was not the person that I'm supposed to be. I was so serious about everything. I took everything and I instant, instinctually reacted like instantaneously almost. It's like, as soon as something either negative or positive towards me came, I would react negatively. And I think that now more so than ever, I can realize, you know, like, wow, I'm starting. I, I, the way that I was, was so far from who I should be. And I think that there's so much pressure putting on, put on us, like, especially, you know, Gen X and Gen Z and millennials and so on and so forth. I think that there's so much pressure on us that it, especially in Western culture, I think that the pressure to perform and the pressure, the pressure to succeed and to be perfect or, you know, perfect. I think that that has helped and facilitated this room for, you know, so much negativity. You know, I think that the, like the pressure from external factors is really limiting our growth because in reality, we're the entrepreneurs, we're the, we're, we're the, we're the pioneers. We're the people that are supposed to be taking the, the, the culture and the community to the next stage. Right. And I think that all of this external pressure from, you know, the government and the education board and, you know, big pharma, like with the medication for God's sakes, I think that their agenda is not lined up with our personal agenda. And I think that the concept of perfection and success and happiness is, is an internal thing. And we're listening to external factors trying to realize like, am I going to listen to my heart or am I going to listen to my head or am I going to listen to external? Like, what am I doing? Where do I fit in? And I think that concept of like, where do I fit? That question really is like the nut of what it means to find yourself. Right. And I mean, I think that a lot of people have a lifetime of learning before they can say like, Oh, I know where I fucked up. Sorry, I don't know if we're allowed swearing or not. <laughs> I, I mark it explicitly. <laughs> I want people just be as you are. You know, there's great. Yeah. I I I've I haven't dropped that many f bombs. Anyways, <laughs> back to the story. Um, so what ended up happening was that I think that the concept of finding true meaning and finding your balance and you know finding what makes you happy is so important to personal growth and to to accepting what to listen to and who to listen to. And like you said previously, that whole concept of self-love is so important. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, it was an awakening for me. I, I didn't have any self-love for myself. I didn't, I didn't think I was normal. I hated the fact that I wasn't normal. I, 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 I loathe the fact that in university, I had to work harder than everybody else to get to the same spot. You know, like I was in the library honestly, at the end of it, like 10 hours a day, 10 hours a day. And I was still pushing sixties. Like, you know, I, I, I was having issues, but I realized that when I started doing meditation and when I started doing yoga and when I started reading more philosophical esoteric teachings that, you know, perfection is like very subjective perfection and success and happiness. It's all subjective. What do whatever floats your boat. I just, what I'm trying to do at this point in time is trying to give back because 
I felt like I've taken so much that right now I feel like the universe is kind of guiding me in this way where I'm supposed to be giving back and giving value and doing whatever I can to make sure that people don't feel alone or don't feel like they are the only ones in this boat because, you know, there are communities, there are tools, there are other ways to do things where you don't have to be in my boat where you wake up every morning thinking like, oh, is this the last pill I'm going to take? Because realistically, that's not a way that you want to live or should live really. Right. And, and I feel like it's, it's, I was watching this documentary last night and it, and it said, you know, these people that are on these pills, once you put them on the pills, how are they going to get off? How are they going to stop taking them? You know, (laughs) is it going to be three months? Is it going to be a year? Because they will come back. So I guess I'm just at this point where it's like, I'm trying to make sure that A, I don't come back. And then B, if you ever feel like you need to discuss or communicate the type of things that you're feeling, just know that you're not alone doing it. Because I felt it. I've gone through that, 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 that fight. And I came out alive. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I feel like I metaphorically lost a leg. But, you know, I, I think that we're at a position right now where I can finally say I feel like I'm starting to go on my own track and starting to give back the way that I feel like I should. Perfect. So, like, regarding weaning off, because I, I know whether it's blood pressure tablets, heart tablets, diabetes tablets, a lot of the times they want the patient for life. Is there a, because I know that some medication, you can't just go cold turkey and just stop. Have you kind of investigated or do you know, like, should you just kind of, instead of having one every day, you cut it down to one every second day and just wean it off, you know, easy. Do do you know the best way of, rather than going cold turkey, because your whole body can be affected because your body's been, you know, used to this medication for, you know, 10 years plus. (laughs) <laughs> oh God, thinking about that. Jesus Christ almighty. Um, I've done cold turkey multiple times. I, I, I do cold turkey on the weekends. I don't take my medication on the weekends. Uh, I'm at that point in time now. Uh, I think more so than anything, the, the going cold turkey sucks. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. Uh, there's no way around it. You first, it is your body physically... Um, being affected. So I'm, I'm tired all the time. So I mean, like tired, I wake up at 10 and I go to bed at eight, because I have zero energy. Don't even ask me to go outside. Don't ask me to go outside. Don't ask me to do anything for like minimum five days, five days minimum. And then the mental of it all is that you're mentally exhausted. So you're not thinking at the, the same, the same. Yeah, you, you feel like you're not firing in all cylinders. Yeah. It's like, imagine driving a Ferrari and then going to like a 93 Civic. Okay. You've <laughs> so, just insulted everyone now with a 93 Civic. <laughs> I love the 93 Civic. Hatchback, great car. Okay. I'm just, I'm making a comparison so that everyone can understand where I'm coming from. Okay, fine. Like, uh, but let's say a 91 Lancer. Okay, fine. Um, whatever. You, you know where I'm coming from. Uh, so it's like you are not thinking straight. And then when you are thinking straight, you have a million different thoughts in your head at the same time. 
And then, but the one thing I do like about it is that I get my appetite back and I'm eating like a champion. Like, like put me in the Coliseum because I'm ready to fight. All right. Um, but once those week, two weeks are done, then you're starting to go back to normal again. Then you're starting to be able to give back. And then you're starting to be able to do all the things that you used to do and that you thought you weren't able to do without the medication. And then you're starting to able to do it again. So I always had this, you know, am I going to take it today? Or am I not going to take it today? Did I take it today type question, you know? So I think that, that, that it does have a lot of really bad side effects, especially when you go cold Turkey, but I don't think that you can do anything else. There's no like take one day, then don't take another day. It's, it's kind of like, it, it only works for eight hours. It, it, it goes in your system and then it leaves your system. And then at, when it leaves your system, you're, you're crashing hard because it's right. They, what was that movie? The, um, uh, the movie about the pills there, geez. Um, so whatever, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I hope. I hope. I hope everyone knows what I'm talking about. I don't know the Matrix. It could be any. <laughs> honestly, it could be the Matrix too. Honestly, Bradley Cooper. Anyways, oh, yeah. um, so it's like that. It, it, you see differently. You see differently. You think differently. You feel like you're a king. You feel like you're on top. And then you know, then there's those side effects where you're where you kind of forget to eat or you kind of forget to do any other thing, and you're very like blinders on as a as a horse. That's basically what it is, right? They're like priming you. It's like, okay, take this. It's almost like coffee, just like coffee on drugs. And coffee inside and Red like Bull. It's, it's coffee inside Red Bull with a shot of like, let's say, speed. Okay. <laughs> and then and and they're and it's overprescribed and it's it has its own black market, you know, like in school, whoever sold it. Who would do that, right? Um, whoever did sell it, like when I was in university, my first year, it's like people were were buying them for like twenty five bucks a pill, you know, like twenty five dollars a pill. That is insane. I would, I, I didn't have enough money. Like I didn't have enough money for eating at one point in the year, and I was like, okay, screw it. I'm a drug dealer now, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was fueling the education system. So by the way, you're welcome. Okay. So th thank you for that. Hats off. Um, but a lot of it has to do with this, you know, there's this black market side and there's like all of this over prescription. And I just want, want to go back to a point where I didn't need it. And hopefully by the time I have children and hopefully by the time my children have children, there wouldn't, there won't be a need for this because I personally think that this is some kind of cultural evolution. You know, people are talking about it as a superpower. I'm talking about it as a superpower for God's sakes. I, I, you know, it, it helps you focus on the things that you want to learn. It, 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 it like, I've had so many trends, I'm going to call them, where I just like highly invest in things. Like I really liked up close magic for a bit. Like what? <laughs> but I can do a few tricks really well now. <laughs> so I think what it does is that it gives you like, it gives you knowledge, a little bit of knowledge on a vast amount of topics. And I think that that's why I, 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 I like speaking so much is because I have that vast knowledge about so many different things. Like ask me about bonsai trees, right? <laughs> like, so I, I think that there's like a, a whole bunch of pros and cons to it, but overall, I don't think that you should let 
this pill tell you what to do you know don't let it guide you because what triggers you to when when you did get get off of like what 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 makes you go back like do you have to go to the doctor for a checkup and they're trying to push you to get back on it but what's the trigger once you stay off it once you try to get off it that you jump back on it what 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 happens that makes you want to go again i think where it gets me is all internal it's it's it it all goes back to that narrative about self-love or like you're good enough or self-reassurance and because i had an issue i i am currently working with an issue of external validation you know i i i have an issue with that it's what's and it what it's what ended my last relationship which i i don't even want to talk about that right now because that's going to make me cry (laughs) um but it's it was this need I had for consistently needing external validation and consistently needing people to tell me like, oh, you're good enough or, you know, you're not dumb or you can make it. And I think that the reason that I went back to the pills at all times and, and always was like, oh yeah, I have them in my back pocket for that just in case moment. It's like, what if you have an interview with this really big company and this really big company, it's like, they want the best you. So obviously you're going to go back to your medication because you're not the best you when you're not on your medication. And then there's this whole internal narrative, this whole internal narrative about, you know, are you good enough to get that job without your medication? Are you good enough to make that sale without your medication? Like, and it's- this, I think this, it's the system this. that's been conditioning people to think that way, because the reality is the best you is you, you know? Without I any, completely agree. But because that's how they're doing it. And because there's so many different people that are on it, once people start repeating something and hearing it, then they believe it. And whether it's true yeah. or false, if you hear something enough times. And, and what about, like you mentioned in the schools, like when, when if you're drinking, what's the difference then? Because I mean, I know some medications, Oof. if you're on alcohol, is it like, does it go on steroids once you uh, take some drinks with it? That's a really funny story. <laughs> So uh, I went to the biggest party school in Canada, okay, verbatim. Um, We like to drink. I also was taking medication. Uh, What happened was that I remember specifically this one story. And uh, if any of you know this event called Bunny Hop, amazing, amazing time. I was the leader. So me and my friend Alexa, we were the leaders of this of this group of 50 kids, maybe more, honestly, at this point. I the night's a little bit blurry. Um, so we were in charge of these 50 kids, and I would say six shots in, everything after that is just black. And I woke up and there was somebody next to me. <laughs> like it was a whole, it was a whole ordeal. Um you black out really quick. Yeah. Um, so I don't recommend doing it together, but I mean, I'm not going to blame a student for drinking if he's on medication, especially since what one in four are on it. <laughs> like yeah, that's just a recipe yeah. for disaster. Yeah. Just like call the drunk tank, make sure that your friend's in there because like it gets a little bit out of control. It gets a little bit yeah, let's say out of control. And yeah, have so you looked at it. kind of alternative natural like THC or something like that that can work to kind of help, you know, like if you've got the ADHD that you're not so hyper. Have you looked at alternatives or do people investigate that? 
what's what's the best way instead of going I the pharmaceutical have looked into so many I've looked at so many uh, alternatives I've I, I I do smoke weed let's just throw that out there I I do smoke weed um the weed not really my cup of tea in regards to helping the ADHD, but it's really, really good for other things like my anxiety and my stress. I think it really helps with that. My creativity, amazing. What I've personally experimented with is microdosing. That is a lot of fun, a lot of insight because, you know, it gives you, it gives you insight on who you're supposed to be. And it gives you better perspective on yourself and others and your greater community. And, you know, not only is it a really fun time where you get to connect with other people, but at the same time, it really helps, it really helps answer some questions that you currently are asking yourself. So I found that, you know, I dropped acid. I think it was two weeks ago, you know, I, I, I dropped it with my best friend and we had an amazing time. I got out of it. I recollected from the night before the day that we took acid and I looked at it, looked back with a completely different mindset. It was like this veil was off of me and I was, I was focused and I was, and I didn't take my medication the next day and everything was so clear. Everything was so clear and I was happy and I was able to, to, to work on exactly what I needed to work on. I had the creativity side. I had this aspect where I was looking at things differently, like I do on my medication. And so, yeah, I have experimented with a, with a, lot of different things and honestly what works for me the most i think is that microdosing thing i i think that microdosing psilocybin i think that microdosing lsd i think that microdosing mdma i think they all have their, their fit right like psilocybin has been around for thousands of years and people are using it for depression and ptsd and and anxiety and, and adhd and there's companies like MindMed and Nova and all of these different companies that are starting to, to really do, put experiments into work so that people can benefit. So like people like me can benefit from their medical uses rather than just their recreational uses. And I think that people have this really this skewed perception of these drugs, but they don't have them for like meth. <laughs> Where does that come from, right? So I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is do your own research, figure out what works for you, because it really is about you, how you react to certain drugs and how you react to certain pills and how you re react to external stimuli. It's all about you, where you fit, what you feel good doing. So like if, if meditation is enough, then go ahead and meditate. You know, like that's awesome. It personally didn't work just for me. Have um, you tried breath work? Have you? I, I was doing breath work yesterday, actually. That's really funny that you mentioned that. I was watching a couple of videos. Um, Wim Hof. I was watching. Yeah, Wim, I've actually Wim I've done a nice bath with Wim Hof. He's a. Hey, if you want to point him my way, like I am so interested especially with the the i was doing this breath work where it put in dmt into your system where you are doing the 30 seconds in and out in and out and then hold for a minute and then in and out and in and out and then hold for 30 seconds and at the end of it wow i felt light i felt good you know and i and i do breathing techniques when i take cold showers it's um it's definitely something that i want to look more into because 
just like within the last year or so, I found that there have been so many amazing um, qualities and benefits that come from it. So, I mean, I'm always interested in hearing about different types of tools that people use and different types of manners and, fa and fashions that people, you know, take from. So I'm always open to hearing about new opportunities. Yeah. No, I, I've done about, I don't know, five or six different types. So I'm a Brett and like the founder of that, uh, Naraj, mm -hmm. you know, like that's on one of my websites, actually, you'd see some of the details. But what I've seen is, you know, I've been in rooms where people do the breath work. A lot of the time they get released, they start mm -hmm. traumas, get released and they start, you know, understanding what it is that caused such a thing. And you can change. Because I heard that you can get like visions almost. I've got like visions. That. I have got visions. Like, totally like, sober. I, I heard that you just, just go somewhere else. I got, yeah. So like, that's why I would encourage. But I I think you need to have a facilitator to. Oh, yeah, of course. You yeah, know, yeah, make, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you can try it online maybe, but I think it's better for the first few times to have somebody that's with you, making sure you're okay and just, you know, going through the whole process. But it's something. I think it's the same thing for ayahuasca. Honestly, have you like tried I, ayahuasca? Have you? No, not yet. I don't think I'm ready for it yet, but I know that I want to try it. Yeah. I just don't think that I have that question yet, you know, because I, 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 my CEO and my stepfather, Mark Elliott, took ayahuasca, had a vision in mind going into it. One of my best friends did ayahuasca in Peru, had a vision going into it, and came out with it with more knowledge about themselves. And I am at the point where I can note where I can realize, yes, I think I can benefit from it, but I'm also aware that I don't think I have the question to be answered yet. So I don't think I would be able to benefit to the most that I could from ayahuasca yet. So I think that, I think that it's going to take a little bit of time, but you know, I'm young. I don't think that I'm going anywhere anytime soon. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to do so, but I'm going to keep my awareness open let's call it that and i wonder how we can prevent the doctors from prescribing and you know giving you know the wrong information to parents where they're you know trying to get children on drugs that are obviously addictive so yeah. you know it's like i think you know that you've obviously got friends that are probably that have taken it as well you know i think if you can come together and just form something that's against that and exposing the addiction you know and that can prevent maybe the awareness create the awareness with other parents instead of because unfortunately everybody like there's a very high percentage of people they just trust the medical industry they trust the doctors they don't investigate it to realize how corrupt it is how corrupt like the fda which approves the drugs they, they get realize, paid the pharmaceutical industry pays them the cdc pays like what <laughs> each one of them have been caught for corruption and everything so like you know if exactly. people rely there's very few realize that but if you start delving into that and looking at that then you know the chain reaction because i mean you would be very conscious that you have children you don't want them to go on the same path you know you would look at all the alternatives that's exactly what i'm trying to do because i know for a fact that the realistic probability of one of my kids having ADHD rather high. So I think that right now I'm doing a lot of research for myself, but I think that it's going to be able to benefit not only myself, but my family. And, and that is something that I'm really going to do a lot of work into is just understanding where I'm getting my information, how I'm interpreting that information and how I'm going to use that information in my day-to-day -day life. 
I think that the whole education system is flawed and a lot of the children, I mean, I've, I used to be told I'm daydreaming all the time, you know, we're bored oh, because yeah. <laughs> we're creative. And by being creative, they want you to be compliant. They want you to sit, put your finger up to your mouth, cross your hands when you're younger and just do study. They give you homework that you're there and you're not releasing the energy by playing and it's the education tactile like building you know i i think that i i have like so much to say about education and honesty like i i don't think that anybody in marketing needs to get a degree that's like bar none don't think you need a degree i think you need a degree for like uh, psychology for medicine for those kind of aspects where you're going to help other people but in regards to to understanding and learning theories and you know quotes i guess or definitions i don't think you need it i also i think that standardized testing is a complete piece of shit <laughs> like i'm gonna call it out for what it is no, i hate i it's like it's like here first of all i don't really know how to like in regards to like reading a question when there's double negatives i get screwed right so it's like standardized testing it's like oh hey here's a double negative and then pick option a through e God damn it. Are you kidding me? Like I always got, I always got my points, not for getting the answer, but for writing my reasoning. That's where I got my points. So the fact that I'm being, I'm getting a zero on something, even if I show reasoning, nah, man, like that's some bullshit. (laughs) Like, for example, like, I think that so many different people are starting their own types of education. I think that's amazing. My, my, my parents were talking to me about it, you know, like different types of education. I would have homeschooled you. I would have done this and this and this. And instead of going to, ed, going to school, we would have traveled. We would have learned from culture. We would have learned from community. And I've had a friend that's done that. I've had a friend that literally just traveled the world and, and, and was like with tribes in Africa. And then, you know, exploring in Prague, like the, the water basins and stuff like that. And I'm like, I wish that I could have done that. Learned through experience rather than learning through textbooks. I think that it engages, but at the same time, it also makes you want to learn about other people and want to learn about different cultures, which is like, which is what I love because, you know, I mean, sociology is one of my degrees, right? So obviously I'm, I'm interested in culture and society. Um, but I mean, I think there's so much better, so many better ways of getting education and feeding our children ed- education and teaching our children than we're current than than we currently have right now. Yeah, my son, uh, it's it's in Poland, but the, the school that he's going to copies the Finnish system. Oh, that's awesome! Like he, that's I mean, sick. obviously his main language is Polish, but they they have English, they have Spanish, plenty of art. They do the PE and everything. I mean, that was all kicked out when I was in school. They don't get homework. They don't have exams. And he is just happy. He's living. I mean, he's a seven now, but like you can. I, I he's see seven. But like we started when we were four, but we oh, were yeah. homework oh, yeah. at that stage. You know, you were going. Oh, yeah. And the reason is to stop you playing with your friends, stop you being creative and stuff. So I would like encourage people because a lot of that com- comes back to the medication as well, I think, because if you're bored or you're frustrated because you're doing something you hate and you have to learn, like for me, it was poetry. We had to learn two poems a night. That used to freak me out. So what was the purpose of that? What Did I ever have to get a job repeating someone's poem? No, it was a waste of my Same life. Way. And if I got it wrong, oh I had to write out the poem a hundred times. You know, that, that's insane. And that's going on across the world. 
And I think a lot of the time it's the child is reacting to stupidity, but because mm-hmm. the parents are t- telling them go through this tunnel of the education system because they have trust in the government, then you have all these different things. And that's why, unfortunately, the yeah. corrupt government in cahoots with the pharmaceutical industry are pumping these tablets. So I think awareness is everything. I love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're going around. You're, you know, you're you're spreading the message, and I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. So, how can Thank people you. get in contact? Because I know you're, you know, you'd love people to reach out to. You. How can? Yeah. Oh my God, I love people. So I I I I, I blog. I, I I love guesting on podcasts, and um, I also am starting to put out, you know, webinars and so on and so forth. Um. So honestly, guys, reach out on Instagram at Ben Sclevas. Uh, also reach out on LinkedIn and the website's coming soon. I'm, I really want to hear your feedback. Like, what do you guys want to hear about? What do you guys need help with? Let me know. I am more than willing to help and to really just speak. If you guys need just somebody to talk to, let me know. I, uh, I promise I don't bite. So <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Thank you again for having me and, 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 and for giving me the opportunity. I swear I'm going to tell my parents and they're going to freak out. So let's, uh, let's see where things go. And honestly, I can't wait to speak again on, I, I think that we, you're a great guy. And I think that you're really giving out the type of content that I'm currently trying to align myself with. And the type of vibration you're on is really, really what I'm aiming for. So let, hopefully this relationship flourishes and hopefully we're able to really benefit one another moving forward. So thank you again. Thank you. That's all for the Awakening uh, Podcast. You'll find all our episodes on awakeningpodcast.org. As I mentioned, we're on BitChute and YouTube. Be sure to give us a thumbs up, a share, share with your friends. Until next week, take care.